Seba, the Southern Fraud Witch, and I have a very special guest with me today, uh, Mr. John Beckett. John, you want to say hi? Hello. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. Absolutely, and uh, I'm so sorry that we had trouble getting going today. Uh, farmer life does have its downfall. <laughs> These things happen. They did, and I'm sorry, but I am excited about talking with you. And the reason I want to talk to you today is because there was, well, there's a lot of reasons. We've been friends on Facebook for a very long time. I've followed everything you've done and I've always just loved it. And it's been a lot to me to be able to actually share that with my children and anyone who's like, you know, trying to find their way out there. And then there was this article that hit. Um, I will never forget, John, the way this all went down because I saw it hit, you know, the witch stands in opposition and I went, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) I need to hurry up and write a response to this because it's, and as I was talking, your response came through (laughs) and and like two others, I believe. I mean, everyone wanted to discuss this one, right? Yeah. It was a very popular post. It was. And in our community, it makes sense to me, you know. We, we talk to each other. It's what we do. Um, and I wanted to be really honest about my first, I suppose, reaction to that. And I'd love to say I was instantly cool. <laughs> and I have, I have evolved to be that. But that day, it really kind of hit me hard. Um, I am that leftist liberal that folks worry about in Alabama. I am that. (laughs) So yeah, that's me. But there's like extra concerns for us down here. And I know that you either do live in Tennessee or have. I grew up in Tennessee. Um, I have lived in Texas uh, for the last going on 22 years. Okay. I, I don't know enough about their culture to know if it's dangerous or not uh, to I live in I, I live in one of the the suburbs in the Dallas Fort Worth area. It's a I mean it's a sub it's a it's a typical American suburb. Um, I practice through Denton Cups Covenant of Unitarian Universalist Pagans uh, in Denton, which is thirty miles to the west. Um, I've been a public pagan for twenty years now. Never had the first problem. Some of that has to do with the fact that I am white and male and have a middle-class job. Good point. Other people don't make assumptions about them the same way they make assumptions about me have had more difficult problems. In As far as witchcraft, paganism goes, in this again, in the cities and the suburbs, it's not a big deal. You get out in the rural areas or in the realm of one of the wacko evangelical ch- churches that they can cause some problems. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that. Um, 
I have a tiny coven out here in central Alabama, really close to the George line. And everyone in my coven is living in a very small, southern, small-minded uh, town. And they, as, as well they should, I believe, because I have, you know, I don't know if you've followed my story through the years, but I did lose my job in this town um, and sued over it <laughs> for uh, religious infringement. They are, they're afraid. They're afraid. They stand in opposition with their vote. Um, they stand in opposition with their uh, magic, if you will, um, and what they do to share and hold a community here that is safe. But to stand in opposition too loudly, I hate to, I don't know if you're hearing where I'm coming from, but I knew you'd be the right person to talk to because I knew you'd hear what I had to say. So I would never suggest that anyone do anything that puts themselves in danger unless there is just absolutely no choice. Again, I'm, I stand in a place of relative privilege because of age, gender, skin color, employment history, um, geography. So uh, I absolutely do not want to even imply that somebody should do something that, that would put themselves in danger. I'm less concerned, and I, and I have not read that post recently, so uh, I'm not prepared to to um, yeah, of course. Uh, to, to, I'm not prepared to do a deep dive into it. But I will say I wrote that post not so much for what people do externally, but more about what they do internally. Oh, if this is real to you, then make it real. Then yeah. put it to use. Take it seriously. Do the things you need to do to to build a good life for yourself. To build to put a little protection around yourself. You know, if we can't change the government, we at least can turn out and vote. If we have a little bit of disposable income, we can contribute to candidates whose values more closely reflect our own. Yeah. We can do the things we can. So, so, um, I, again, I, I don't want to, I do not want anybody to think that I'm call I'm no. calling them out and telling them they need to, they need to go be out there and do things that would put themselves in harm, harm's way. What I am saying is, if you call yourself a witch, if you call yourself a druid, if you call yourself a, a magical person of any description, take that seriously and use it to your advantage and toward the advancement of your values and virtues. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. It really does. Um, I've, I've got a very dear friend of color who is also queer that lives in town. And I, I know they already are working very hard to keep themselves safe in Alabama. Things have changed, but things haven't changed enough um, to where that person would feel fully safe. You know, they are working in opposition as much as they can. But I also feel like they are also, I suppose, like, their energy's running out because they're already fighting so hard to just exist, um, I mean, which is automatically. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I completely get that. Again, for all the privilege that I carry, Texas is running me down. Oh, um, the attacks on my, you know, LGBTQ friends, uh, especially the trans people. Uh, yeah. There is a trans boy in my UU church. I have watched him grow up. I know what gender affirming care has done for him and it's made his life so much better. 
to just to be who he is on the inside and and to see people trying to take that away because they don't understand it or they just don't they don't want to have to accept that the world is more complicated than they've always been taught it is yeah that's that's um it's frustrating to say the least well actually that brings me to like a really good place to turn to you and say you work with the uu what do you how do you see how we can help especially in deeply southern let's just call all of the things out republican straight christian communities that so many of us live in how do you see ways that past our own safety how we can help others in this time because we really are in a place of struggle you find allies where you can Mm -hmm. Um, and again, I have been a, I've been a Unitarian Universalist for 20 years now. Um, when I got serious about my paganism, I went looking for a group and, uh, just looking for, I needed, needed some people to practice with. And, um, I found a cups group and I liked it and I stuck around and, you know, 20 years later, I'm still here. What I tell people about the UU church is. We are not united by shared beliefs, but by shared values. Okay. And so when I go into a, go into um, you know, Denton UU Church on a Sunday morning, I'm sitting in a service with Christians and Buddhists and atheists and, and a lot of people who are hard to classify and damn proud of it. Yeah. What we share is a commitment to, to religious freedom as in everybody, everybody believes and practices the way they, they want to, not the right-wing version of religious freedom, which is I get to shove my religion down your throat. Yeah. Um, we host the local, it's, it's a group called Outre- Outreach Denton. It's a, uh, it's a local LGBTQ support group. You know, we've got a Black Lives Matter flag flying off our, on our building. It's a place where people who don't all believe the same things, but who again, share common values can, can get together and, and support each other and can do more together than any of us can do separately. And it does it in a religious context. You know, I'm, I vote, you know, I have voted, I voted a straight democratic ticket for so long. I can't. Yeah, me too. Well, no, that's not exactly true. Texas is an open primary state. And sometimes I will vote in the Republican primary to vote for the lesser evil. No, good point. But for, now I lost my train of thought. Um, well, we were just talking about community and how that's actually like helping people in that area. Right. And it helps that it's that, that I'm doing this in a religious context, as opposed to trying to do it through the local Democratic Party, where, yes, we share values. And certainly we're going to work together on, on political things, but there's nothing there that's going to feed my soul. So again, we find allies wherever we can. Yeah. You know, Texas is a, you know, people consider Texas a deep red state. You know, Biden won, I, I think, 46% of the vote. Oh, yeah. I mean, Texas, there was talk that Texas might go blue. I've been here. Texas is going to turn purple since I got here and it, and it hasn't. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, people blamed. People said it was going to go blue because because of um, the growing Hispanic population. Trouble is, as the as the Hispanic population uh, becomes more prosperous, they tend to become like the white folks and start voting Republican. Also, Texas is growing like crazy, and 
the people who are coming here tend to be uh, Republican voters. You'll hear a phrase going around, don't California my Texas. You know, they, they tell people, oh, you moved here from California, don't vote like it was California. Well, the people who are moving here from California tend to be moving here because, you know, they, they prefer the, the, the Texas politics. There was, a, somebody did a survey, and I'm not quite sure of the methodology, but if it's not 100% correct, it sure sounded like it. In the 2018 Senate race between Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz, you know, very close election, if the people who had not, who had been in Texas five years or less were not allowed to vote, if the new residents weren't allowed to vote, Beto would have beaten Cruz comfortably. The people who are moving here are keeping Texas red. So yeah, and I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here that I really didn't want to go down. But um, uh, my, my point is we find, find allies where we can. If it's in a, a again, a UU church, if it is in a, a book club, if it's, um, you know, you find them wherever you can. I agree. I do agree. Um, and, and people find me, you know, I'm way out here in the woods and they find me anyway that need a safe place to go. It's uh, magical that way, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> we have, we have seen, I had a, we were getting so many people coming in that had a friend, a friend that was saying the gods were leaving baskets on our doorstep. Yeah. Or maybe signpost out at the, I don't know, but they're very busy um, help, helping folks out. And that's, you know, that's good, I think. Okay. So from what I've read about you, you're a Druid. Yes. You don't necessarily, and I'm using that word on purpose, identify as witch. So that's complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, the first thing I ever wanted to be was a witch. And without going in a long, deep story, uh, I tried to be a Wiccan when I first discovered paganism, and Wicca just didn't work for me. And when I found Druidry, something just clicked and said, that's it. That's what you're supposed to be. So I'm a, I'm a full member of the Druid grade in the Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids. I'm a, uh, an ordinary member of ADF, Arnriach Fane, the largest Druid order in this, uh, in, in this country. My Druid magic is virtually indistinguishable from, from witchcraft. I meet my own definition of, of a witch. I don't use that term because I haven't. At, I'm not sure how long I'm going to be able to keep doing that. Um, I've, already, I've had somebody tell me if the pointy hat fits, wear it. And, um, <laughs> yeah. But for now, uh, I do not call myself a witch, but the magic I practice is very much witchcraft. Right. And I, that, that actually brings me to something I remember wanting desperately to ask you. And that was, how would your path in Druidry understand um, helping anybody of an oppressed stance? Of, let me try to find a better way to word that. How would Druidry stand in opposition? How would a Druid priest stand in opposition you know, I think that you asked that question. Uh, there's a blog post from probably 10 years ago now. There was a... Oh, I'm sorry. We, we good? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that I didn't do the research. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Th this was not... This was nothing you could have researched. So there was a some building project going on in Britain um, about 10 years ago. And it was going to cause some significant environmental disruption, desecration. And there was Dave the Bard 
the Pendragon of Obad, out there with his guitar singing protest songs and rallying everybody to block the entrance and to the extent that they couldn't do that without going to jail, uh, at least making their presence known. So certainly that's one of the ways I think I think of Dave out there with his guitar, just uh, just using his skills as a bard to say, hey, people, this isn't right. Yeah. So that's that's one way. But um, that sounds like art. It really is. There are so there are so many ways. There's so many ways to to work magic. And art is definitely a form of magic. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think it's one of the first things to get closed down in our society. And that might be one of the reasons, you know, it's a, a real way to express ourselves. I mean, that's why that's why the radical right likes to rant against against Hollywood, because the people who are telling the stories are are influencing the way people think. Mm -hmm. Make good art. That's one of the things we can do no matter no matter where we are. We can make good art, whether that is with painting and drawing or uh, with music or with with the dramatic arts or with photography or whatever your art, whatever art you have, whatever art you practice, make good art, tell good stories. Don't tell people the truth, show people the truth, make people feel the truth. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I'm an English professor. And when I'm trying to get folks to write and write effectively, I always tell them, I'm sure we all remember it from high school. I didn't go, but most people remember it. And it's show, don't tell. Yes, yes. I do think that art is one way to stand in opposition. Absolutely. Um, and in a lot of ways, it's a safer bet. <laughs> um, it's a safer bet for folks that are afraid to, you know, end up on the wrong end of a, of a truck out here in the country. It's a safer bet. Go ahead. So Gerald Gardner's first book on witchcraft in 1938 was a work of fiction. Yep. And he, and I, for, I forget the, uh, I, for, I forget the name of the, the, the title of the book, but it was a work of fiction because, hey, witchcraft was still illegal uh, until 1951. And the last prosecution under the Witchcraft Act was in 1944. So he couldn't come out and just say, hey, I'm a witch and this is how you do witchcraft. So he put it in a novel. Art is definitely, people get upset about good art. Yeah. It certainly um, has a little bit more cover and camouflage than, um, you know, being out on the street corner with a bullhorn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm an engineer. That's, that's how I make my living. I like facts. I like logic. Um, I like reason. But... For all that Ronald Reagan did wrong, he had he got one thing right when he said, if you're explaining, you're losing. Yeah, I had a professor once tell me when I was getting my doctorate that I'm not to ever explain, but only to repeat. <laughs> I didn't get it at first. I get it now. <laughs> Took a long time. But yeah, I mean, I get all of that. I, the reason I, I hope I haven't side blinded you in any way. Um, when I asked you to come on the podcast, it was right after I'd read all that. And I know that that's now kind of in the past for all of us. It's, you know, what, two, three weeks behind us now, but it hit me and it hit me that you would be the right person to, to talk to and help me think this out for people in the South because, well, you have Southern roots for one thing. 
but also because you just tend to think in ways that are kind of open-minded. Um, the other thing, John, that I was wondering, and, and, and just tell me if you're not comfortable discussing anything, we'll, we'll work around that. I'll, I'll take it out. But the original article, which you did not, you didn't bring it up and you didn't discuss it. And I'm, I, I loved your take on everything, but the original article spoke to the fact that witches are always on the perimeter. They're always on the outside. They can never be on the interior. They are to work in opposition. And there was a lot of discussion there in the original article, which you cannot answer to, about fear and about fearing the witch and how we need to get that back. And something to that effect, I may be misquoting and I don't have it in front of me. I can see that that is a good tactic to take in certain situations. I don't know that it served the Southern witch quite well. So I'm I'm gonna draw a I'm gonna draw what I hope is a pretty sharp line here. Okay. I think that if you have to camouflage yourself uh, because of where you live, I think that's an unfortunate necessity, but it is a necessity nonetheless. Oh, thank you so much. I think if you have to camouflage yourself, you should do that, and you should not feel at all bad about it. Thank you, John. However, here's here's the other side of that line. Okay. If you water down your witchcraft to make it more accessible, oh, you've done yourself and the whole movement a disservice. Oh, I see where Those the line. Those are two different things. Um, camouflage, good and good and necessary. Unfortunate, but good and necessary. Watering it down for the public is a mistake. Number one, the people who are afraid of witches are going to be afraid of the, the nice little lady who uh, you know who sells herbs just as they are from the um, the person who walks around in black in a black hat wearing a pentacle the people who are uh, going to be a threat are not going to distinguish between the good witch and the bad witch you're all witches you're all evil when you I'm sorry did that was that a hard hitting question I'm sorry no, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I just pulled up that blog post and I um, uh, just scanned over it. And I see I didn't do a real good job of drawing that sharp line. And that may have been what, you know, there, there, were, there were a few people who just wanted to argue, but uh, there may have been a few people who, um, who I could have done a better job of communicating that. And I thank you for, for giving me the chance to draw that out. But again, when you water down your witchcraft, first of all, the people who would do you harm, it's not going to help. Right. But also when you water it down to please other people, you water down a bit of your soul. You give yeah. away a piece of your soul. You give away some of your magic. You give away some of your power. Yeah. You know, um, witches don't harm anyone. Oh, <laughs> Well, then when you need to curse somebody because they've, uh, they've done you dirty and you can't get satisfaction from the law, you're not going to have the power you need to, um, to borrow a phrase from uh, my druid friend Christopher Hughes, hex them till they glow. <laughs> I agree with that. And I think that also your gods, if you will, gods and goddesses, whoever they may be, may not take you seriously anymore. 
you know, the gods who I serve, the gods who I work for, they have things they want me to do, things they've told me to do, and they want them done. Yeah. And are there obstacles? Okay, then figure out how to get around them, figure out how to get over them. Mm -hmm. They are, depends on who we're talking about. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kurnimus tends to be more understanding and more nurturing. The Morrigan is just, get it done. Yeah. <laughs> She's very done with you not getting it done. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's interesting because I I am dedicated to the Morgan, by the way. So then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's why I laughed. <laughs> and I I've had friends before who who will say, "Are you laughing? Oh my god, you're going to get hurt." I'm like, "No, she loves that shit." Anyway, <laughs> the more honest I am, the more raw I am, the more real I am, the more the Morgan and I you know, we, we jive, you know, so it makes sense to me, but yeah, I think when I've, and I have, I'd like to be really honest with you because I don't think we serve anybody listening. If we're not, um, there have been times that I have fallen horribly, uh, victim to my own need to be seen as safe. I want to admit that on the air. I have done that in my life and I've done that in a way that I was trying desperately to get acceptance. And I was called out for that by who I am dedicated to, uh, called out pretty hard actually for that. And I think that's a natural human impulse. I don't want to, I don't want to berate people for, you know, I, I get it, John. It's hard out here, especially in the deep South. I get it. So I did water things down uh, for a long time. That that was a long time ago. That was 2014. Um, I'm not a love and light witch. <laughs> uh, well, it depends. Uh, what day is it? How do I feel? Where am I? <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm a blood injustice witch. Uh, depends. Yes, it, we do need those in this. Oh God, in this economy and this country, we need those. Um, but I've also always felt, you know, my focus in my doctorate degree was in goddess mythology. So I spent a lot of time studying ancient goddesses. And what I kept finding all the time was that they weren't fractured. They weren't good and sweet or warrior. And well, you know, excuse my language, but fuck you up. They were all of those things. Yes like a, a whole and it depended what do you got you bring into your table honey and that i could identify with that was a livable spirituality for me that made sense to my magic so when i did walk away from that to try to make myself more palatable if you will to who was around me i still lost my damn job for being a witch and it was for being a witch um, according to the Dean's email and I still had to sue and I still really didn't gain anything. I still lost even when I made myself palatable. Maybe I would have done better if he'd been a little bit more afraid that I was going to hex him. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I love this conversation. What do you think? I, I think you have just described exactly what I was trying to say. Oh, okay, cool. You watered it down and it didn't get you what you thought it would. 
Nope. Uh, and I'm sorry. I really am. That, that, that's, that's an injustice. It shouldn't have happened, but, but it did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, camouflage necessary, watering it down. You're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's best to have the teeth out in public, <laughs> but at the same time, what does it mean to have the teeth out? You know, what does it mean? I mean, I mean, you don't want to walk. You don't want to be one of these people who walks around in a, you know, with trying to look like a Hollywood witch and throwing curses at anybody who looks at them, uh, looks at them funny and generally making a nuisance of yourself. That doesn't help you. It certainly doesn't help the movement. But um, again, people. It's a hard, it's a hard question. It's a hard conversation. It's a hard, it's a hard question. It's like, it's, you know, it's not what you say. It's not what you say. It's how you say it so many times. Um, it's how you carry yourself. It's the words you choose to use. It is the, um, the responses you give or you don't give. And that can be hard. That can be hard. Yeah. I, I'm not the best at it. And I, I don't want to give anybody the impression that I am. Um, but you know, better to be who you are than to, um, than to sell your soul. Let me give you a, for instance, John, while I got you on the hair. So years ago, my partner was trying to make extra money. So he was working at the end of our road. There was a little, you know, five and dime gas station, mom and pop. I live in the deep, deep Bubba country. That's where I live. Uh, everybody wears overhauls out here. It's, it's intense. Okay. And he worked up there for like, you know, two months to, to just get extra money for us. He had a day job. He was working up there one day and a preacher stopped and he had a bunch of like strong strapping men folk with him. And uh, while he was buying his chaw, he asked my partner, hey, I've heard there's a witch that lives just real close to here. We're trying to find her. Do you know where that might be? In that moment, I don't think he could have been the man who opposes everything. What he said instead was a uh, camouflage. He said, why now? Aren't you a little old to be believing in fairy tales, sir? It actually was a pretty good answer. And well, and it probably protected us. I don't know what they plan to do. Nothing good, that's for sure. Nothing good, nothing good. And it worries me. I would love to have my big old flag out here, you know, and the most right now that my neighbors believe I am, they live in trailers. I have a house and a little farm. They think I'm a hippie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when people look for our events, they say, "We, you know, hey, is this where blah, blah? And they're like, oh, no, the hippies. Y'all looking for the hippies. They live back here. <laughs> and, and that's safer. It is. That's how my dogs don't get killed. That's how yes. my grandchild can play in her yard. That's, that's how I'm not afraid as a 57 year old woman working to grow my tomatoes. Um, so it's complicated. And I, I guess when I saw all that, the explosion of all the directions that could go, I thought, John will know what I'm talking about. John, John will listen to me and he will, he will at least give me a platform to talk that it is hard to stand in opposition I do hear everything else you're saying. I'm not discounting it, and I agree. But it is hard to do that when you're literally afraid for your life. It absolutely is. 
I will pull another line from the the other side and uh, quote one of the uh, the opening lines from the Patton movie. Mm. No bastard ever won a war by dying for his country. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whatever we're doing, whatever we're fighting here, we don't win it by becoming martyrs. We win it by doing what we have to do to take care of ourselves and build the kind of lives that we want. Um, yeah. And if, when you have to camouflage, then you camouflage. The challenge is to make sure that the camouflage never seeps into your your soul and, again, starts chipping away at, at who you really are. That's some of the best damn advice I've ever heard. And when I first read the original article, not your own, that we're talking about, the the spur of all of this, I was so angry. But then I read yours and then I thought about it. And I thought that night I wrote to you and I said, can we talk? And you said, yeah, yeah. And I thought all night about it. I've thought about it ever since. And I guess I hated to admit that that is a risk. It is. So we have to rethink, I think, those of us who are living in very dangerous communities, we have to rethink. I don't know. Sometimes the performance can become the real. And we all know that as magicians and witches and pagans and druids, we know the performance can become the real. And if I'm performing, then I'm a sweet little old grandma that just has a really nice little poultice for you to put on your wound, then I'm not being true. At some point, it can actually, as you said, seep in and become who I am and take away my magic. And that is all I live for some days. I think I, I, I can only speak for myself here. I live in a much more, a much safer place than you do. At the same time, I'm, you know, I work a corporate job. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't care what religion I am so long as I'm not a distraction. Mm-hmm. If I ever became a distraction, I'd be out of there in a minute. Good point. But for me, understanding I, I have to do the, I have to be a, I have to be a corporate engineer when I'm at work. I'm always a druid, but I can't be forward-facing druid, if that makes, if that makes sense, when it I'm does. at work. What I have to make sure I do is that I do my daily spiritual practice that keeps me tied to my gods and my ancestors and the, and, uh, the spirits of the land where I live. I have to make sure that I do my monthly full moon magic. So I'm actually working some witchcraft. So I remind myself, yes, I am a magical person. And oh, yes, I am practicing these skills. I'm refining these skills because one of these days I'm going to need them and those skills had better be sharp. I have to do my, uh, you know, Denton Cups has our Lunasad circle coming up this Saturday. So I'm going to put on the white robe and go be a priest and lead people in ritual and encourage them to to hone their own skills. So I do these things that remind me of who and what I am, who and what I want to be. And so when I have to be a little deeper into the camouflage, when I have to put more uh, more time into being the, uh, the, 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 the corporate engineer, I don't lose connection from my soul to my gods, to the, my ancestors, to the land, to, to the currents of magic. Right. And it is a balancing act. And I think it's harder than a lot of folks have even considered. I mean, I know I lost my footing uh, all those years ago. And uh, I'm really glad we're having this conversation because I worry about other people who are kind of negotiating this this space in between. 
you know, the space in between the camouflage and who we are. That's a really scary place to be sometimes. It really is. And, and I want I want to just respond to something you, you said that about people who are people who are, are worried about this and people who have have lost a little bit of their soul and who have let the camouflage seep in and now their their magic is watered down. Um, yeah. Again, as with the complications we had at the beginning of this, these things happen. Yeah. We don't like them. We don't want them to happen, but they happen. And when we do have, when they do happen, there is no need for us to feel shame, to feel like a failure. The thing to do is to recognize that we're not where we want to be and then start taking the steps to get us back to where we were back on the path to, to being the, the witches, the druids, the heathens, the pagans that we're called to be, that we want to be, that the world needs us to be. So, you know, if somebody is, they've been, they've been in the broom closet for so long, um, they've lost it, pick it up again. Yeah. Pick it up again. It's still there. Yeah. You know, um, about a year ago, I came out in my image, like my, my face on my um, page on social media. I haven't yet thrown my real government name out there because of all this trouble. And also because I'm connected. I'm connected. My partner will suffer. My children will suffer. I, I desperately want to. But I did decide that my image was my own and that this is my face. And, uh, you know, I'm still trying desperately to fight from a broom closet that I feel it's old. It's uh, not even of my own construction. Like a rabbit, I'm the most hunted thing, you know, so I have to be very careful sometimes in my community. Um, all that being said, and to maybe kind of wrap it up to something more, I suppose, positive. <laughs> what would you say? You're right. Luna says right around the corner. So for that witch, for that witch who is forced into that closet or feels that they are for whatever reason, what would be a good way in your point of view to what, what kind of thing could they do, magically speaking, to kind of pull out of that? Do something, do anything. Yeah. What is it that used to bring you connection and satisfaction and power? Go back to that. Go back to what worked before. Work before, it'll work again. Uh, if you don't have something like that, if you're not sure, start somewhere. I am very much the polytheist priest. My, the core of my practice are four daily prayers. Okay. And then four weekly meditations and offerings. You know, if nothing else, go outside and look up at the moon and just just stand there and, and and take it all in. Do something. Well, you know, the god Lou was very adept at multiple things. Um, well, at least that's what I've always learned. And I kind of like that idea for this time of year for us. Like, what is working? You know, what does work? So if, go ahead. So what I was going to say is, you know, Lou, Lou is known as the master of all arts. Yeah. Um, and I like to tell people, None of us is the master of all arts, but most of us are pretty good at one or two things. Mm -hmm. How can we take that and build on it? Yeah. Also, what what new arts do we do we need? What arts do we need to learn? 
What do our what does our community need? I will tell you one of the things I'm getting. I have a um, multiple friends who are who are dedicated to Brigid, Bridget. And they are being, you know, for all that the Morrigan is calling people and Hecate is calling people and Odin is calling people, Brigid has been very quietly assembling a fairly large group of, of her followers. And one of the things they're hearing is the need for hospitalers, people to provide hospitality, people to care for the wounded, whether we're talking physical wounds or spiritual wounds or psychological wounds. And, and I'm not talking about a substitute for health care, especially not a substitute for, for mental health care, but for our friends who, who get beaten down. Um, how can we help them, how can we help them recover? For our friends who, um, who, are, who are running into trouble, how, how, can we, how can we help them out? And then never discount the good old Southern tradition of showing up on somebody's front porch with a casserole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love what you're saying because I've, I've, you know, one of the, my sayings is witchify every damn thing. And I love this because it's very Lunasa. It's uh, very the God Lou. It's what do you do well? And witchify the hell out of that. Like dig yes. in. Yeah. That means to me that if the thing I do really well is I'm just throwing spitballing ideas is being there for people right now. Or if the thing I do really well is growing flowers and then giving them away at this time of the year to bring up somebody's spirit. If the thing I do really well is making a casserole, then that is what I should be doing right now because that is the very much the spirit of Lou, right? When you say that, when you say that. It really is. Um, you know, when the, uh, when the Tuatha de Danann were oppressed, they gathered in secret and they went around the circle and each one said what they would do and the smiths would build the make the weapons and the the warriors would fight and the morrigan was there not fighting with physical weapons but fighting with magic and of course lu was their greatest warrior and they actually held him back from the beginning of the battle because they didn't want to risk him but then at the the critical time he came charging out and he was the one who defeated the king of the Fomorians and won freedom for the Tuatha de Danann over the, uh, the Fomorians who had been oppressing them. So uh, yeah, everyone did what they could do and they coordinated and they did it together and they won. And therein is the reason we need community right there, right there, right there, right there. And it's hard to get. But I still say that if all you can do is have an online one, it's something, baby. Like, we have to have that community. We do. Yeah. Gosh, Sean, thank you so much. I, f I feel so good about our conversation. Good. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else you wanted to say before we go? Or um, I, 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 need, I need to plug one thing, if that's okay. Yeah, go. Yes. So um, earlier... This month, last month, I don't remember now how long it's been, but very recently, the Book of Kernunos is now available. Um, this is a devotional anthology mm -hmm. devoted to Kernunos, the Lord of the Animals and Lord of the Hunt, um, the God of the Forest. It's a project that took far longer than we thought it would, but 
but it's now complete and it's out there. Uh, Jason Mankey and I co-edited it. The book itself is the product of 32 different writers and poets and artists and photographers. And it's, again, it's a devotional anthology for Cronunos. And uh, we're happy that it's finally out there. And if you haven't already seen it, I hope you will order a copy and, uh, um, and, and learn something about this, this God who means so much to me and so much to, to, to so many of us. It is published by ADF Publishing. It is printed on demand through Amazon. Oh. Devotional anthologies tend to be low volume. Jason and I are both Llewellyn authors. We offered it to Llewellyn. And they said, thanks, but no thanks. No, that's cool. But thanks to the print-on-demand technology, books that would have been far too, never have had the volume to, just, to justify being printed, now can be printed at very reasonable prices. So the only place you're going to find it is on Amazon, but, uh, but it is there. Um, encourage you to, uh, to check it out. And if you're not quite sure what it is, if you will check my website, uh, I've got a description of it and also got a, a video that Jason and I did on my, my YouTube channel. Oh, I totally missed that. I'll make sure to put the link in this podcast so that everybody can go see that. I did meet Kernodis once in my woods and uh, very intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> very intrigued. That's all I can say. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Jason's awesome. I've had him on the podcast before. Love Jason, love everything he does and love that you guys did this together. So I'll make sure to get that out there. Everybody make, go look at it. Go look. I'm sure there's a way to like peek in. Oh yes. On Amazon. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I know you're exhausted. Mystic South was great. Yeah. Mystic South was awesome. What? About 500 people. Biggest, the biggest one yet. Uh, some really great presentations, uh, some good rituals, and mainly the kind of conversations you just can't have anywhere else. Yeah, talk about community, right? It's the connections that, you know, we we talk on social media all the time. We exchange emails. We read each other's blog posts. Occasionally we, we show up on somebody's podcasts, but then occasionally we actually get to see each other face to face. And that's that's a wonderful time. That's where the magic is. I'm, I was going to come this year. I had a, a situation uh, incur where I could not come. So next year I will be coming. Wonderful. Yeah. So I can't wait to see you there. So I do think people ought to look into Mystic South uh, a little bit ahead of time. Save up. It is. It's a, it's a hotel-based conference. So it's, um, it's, it's not cheap. But for what you're getting, it's quite reasonably priced. And it's, it's a great location run by great people, just a wonderful experience. And just to add to that real quick, they also offer a lot of volunteer work. Yes, they do. Assuage, yeah, assuage your price. So that's really cool. All right, John, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I'm going to ask you to hang out so I can say goodbye to you proper because I'm Southern. But thank you so much. I think our conversation really helped me think through a lot of things and I think it actually helped me as a witch. So I appreciate you deeply. Well, thank you for having me. I, I, I always enjoy getting a chance to, to talk about these things that are so uh, deeply meaningful to me. Yes, absolutely. All right, y'all. I'll talk to you next week. Love y'all like chicken. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast.
Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.